Hello and welcome back to Deserted, a podcast where we send our guests to deserted island with only three dishes and a few ingredients. Our guests discuss their life, family, business, and lots more. I'm Lindy. And I'm Grace. And together we have over 20 food allergies and intolerances, but we are still avid foodies. So join us whilst we dive deep into our guests' experiences and their relationship with food. And find out what dishes they'll be bringing to the island. See you there. See you on the island. Hello everyone, this is Lindy. I just wanted to talk to you about this episode. We've recorded this back in 2021 with Julianne and unfortunately we didn't post it. So we thought we could release it now as a bonus episode and a little bit of a teaser for season two which is coming out March 24th. Very exciting. So this is just a little episode with Julianne. Um, It was a terrific episode and we hope you like it and we look forward to seeing you, hearing you in season two. Thanks. So hi, Julianne. Welcome to Deserted. Hi, I'm so excited. We're so happy to have you here. It's been a long time coming. Yes. Um, For all of our listeners who don't know you, which I doubt any of our listeners don't know you, but if they don't know you and maybe just like give a little background to who you are, um, what food restrictions you have, if you are a foodie. Um, yeah, just a little bit of a background about who you are and then we'll jump right into the favorite topic of food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know me, um, I've had anaphylaxis since I was two years old. Uh, my first attack was when I was in nursery at two. Uh, I had uh, a cookie and I collapsed and I was rushed into hospital intensive care. So. That wasn't the greatest of times, but I actually don't remember. So it was more worrying for my parents, I think, at that time. Uh, From that, I've grown up with um, allergies to all peanuts, tree nuts, uh, chickpeas, sesame, lentils, uh, poppy seeds, uh, lots of different things. So, yeah, I have a lot of um, allergies. Uh, but it's for me, my mum always taught me that my allergies don't define me. And I really wanted to get that message out there as when I was younger, I never used to actually want to talk about my allergies. I never really felt comfortable. I didn't like sitting on the allergy table. I wanted to sort of get out of that. But then later on in life, it actually drove me to build a brand with purpose. And that's why I built my own brand to actually help people Um I always have this thing about I wanted to make a difference and if I could make a difference in one person's life maybe I could actually change things on a bigger scale um so so yeah that that's me um in a nutshell I I think that is such a testament to you sort of making such a difference I can think I can speak for everyone saying you know like in the UK, there aren't as many allergy-friendly brands at the moment. We've we've talked about this a few times on the podcast, and you have just really, you know, I feel like spearheaded so much of um, sort of the baked goods and just opened up the kitchen for so many kids, adults, families, um, people who maybe in the past felt like they were left out, and now you've sort of included everyone. Um, 
So it's really, really special to hear your story and how you're sort of, you know, feeling left, I guess, left out or different as a kid has driven you to want to drive a community of inclusiveness. Yeah. And I think I, I'm really fascinated on this podcast to find out whether just because you have a food brand, maybe you're not a foodie, maybe you're not a, maybe you're not, maybe food developed throughout your life, you know, because when I was a kid, I never, I loved food, but I wasn't as obsessed with it as I am now. And I think I want to hear about like, whether you are as obsessed with food, even though you have a food company. So why don't we move on to dish number one? What are you bringing to the island? So dish number one is kedgeri. Um, So it's something for me, I guess that's quite personal. It's something I grew up with and my mum always used to make uh, make it for me, whether I felt upset or happy, it would be always one of those comfort foods. Um, I never actually knew what she put in it and I still to, to this day don't know the exact recipe. Um, she always goes, no, it's a secret, like you can't know. I, I think eventually she's gonna give it to me like in person and go here, here's the recipe. But yeah, I think it's great because you can use plant-based alternatives if you're vegan or if you've got a dairy allergy. Um, it has fish in, but you don't have to have fish as well. So it, it, it's very versatile and it's something that you can eat whenever. Some people have it, I think, for breakfast in the Caribbean, because when I was in Antigua, I actually got served it for breakfast and I was like, this, this is on the menu? Well, I'm definitely getting it. Um, it wasn't as good as my mum's, but it was it was still nice. And so what, so why don't we give a little bit background to the listeners? Like what culture is that from what culture you know you are English but also like what is your other what's your background um how does culture play into your eating yeah so if I didn't have allergies I think I would have been sort of very open to trying a lot more things when I was younger Uh, especially as my so my dad's from South America he's from Guyana Um, my mum's from Kenya Uh, and my granddad is Welsh (laughs) so that's a bit I've got a mix of everything really in me um, which is fantastic because there's so many different cultures so many different foods so many things to try but I also felt that was a, a a problem when I was a child I didn't want to try new things I really was I was called the fussy eater constantly because not only did I have the allergies anytime my aunties or uncles would be like oh try this new thing I'd be like no I don't want to try it I'm too scared or I'd I'd just run to my mum I think constantly saying and she would also I guess be very protective over me in the sense that she didn't want me to try anything that would cause me an allergy um but then she also at the same time didn't want to limit me so for her it was probably a constant battle of what's the right thing to do um, but yeah, I, I, I guess Kedri itself comes from my mum's side as that's where they used to eat that quite a lot. Um, my nan also made it as well for her. So, so yeah, that's the background on it. I guess with some of the other foods that you might have not felt comfortable, you know, eating out with, do did that sort of inspire you guys at home to sort of create it in your kitchen? Um, just trying to bring those you know flavors that we might not want to like test outside bring it inside 
I think definitely having a safe space to try new things is great um, in my own home. So, for example, with my mum and dad, whereas when we went to even family like aunties and uncles, uh, for example, one of the incidents was when I tried something called dal, which is lentils. Um, and I tried that at my auntie because they were like, oh, no, it'll be fine. It's got nothing that like, she'll be fine. It's not any of the top 14 allergens, etc. Um, however, I obviously did have a reaction. Um, and then since then, I, my mum's always been scared when I go to any new place, whether it be family or friends or even if I, we know them very well, she'll say, why don't we why don't you eat something you're used to? Um, and that, that's that's just the safest way. But in the house, she's all about trying new things. And that that's fantastic. And that's where I feel safest to actually try something new. And I wouldn't say I'm a food. I, I didn't grow up being a foodie. Um, however, my allergies forced me into trying new things because I had to find things that would work for me. Um, and that's how I eventually became a foodie. And now I just love I love being around people who love food. I love food myself. I have a food company, so it's all um, encompassed in one. I love that. And like, just very quickly, we have very similar backgrounds in the sense that, you know, I'm South African, I'm British. I, my granddad was Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma <clears throat> was Irish. You know, I definitely feel that, that way of like the, the house is the safest place. So my mom used to always bring in, like my mom went to India when she was my age. So she used to bring in um, curries and Indian food to the house and make it safe for me. So like I couldn't try dal because I'm, a, I'm anaphylactic to lentils, but like she would use other things like rice, but the same flavors as dal, like just to try and make me have the same kind of texture and yeah, just like creativeness and my, brothers Indian as well so like to try and connect us as well to have so we always have Indian meals when my brother's at home and so it was that way like the house is the safest place but that's how I was able to try different cultures that I would never have tried if I went out to those countries but she brought them in the house because she was able to eat them she knew what they tasted like I just love hearing your story because it makes me feel so connected because it's very similar Probably why we get on so well, yeah. so similar like that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and we were both on the allergy table, so. <laughs> we were, exactly. Um, I guess growing up in Asia um, and trying to bring those, gr bring those flavors in, in-house where you can't eat them outside. But I guess with that, we might as well move on to your dish number number two. So dish number two is pasta arrabbiata. Um, now this is something, pasta is always my comfort food in general. Like it's the go-to, you can have it with so many different things. I'm a spice type of person. I absolutely love chili. I love hot food. I have for as long as I can remember. Uh, I went to university. So in uni, it's really difficult to find cheap food, allergy-free food, and then something that's super quick and easy that you can just have for sort of a couple of days because you want to make something up and that's going to last. So for me, pasta arrabbiata was fantastic. It was cheap. It was easy. 
you can add things to it as well so if you want to change it up a bit and add a bit of veg to it you can um not that I did um I most of the time put scotch bonnets in there and my, the other people in my house would say uh, no, no no we can't eat that that's way too spicy um but I absolutely loved it and I thought it was fantastic that's amazing I'm a huge spice huge spice fan but I get how was how was uh, how did you find like managing your allergies at university for me I, I didn't cook a lot as well before university um, because my mum did a lot for me she made everything so I could just eat and I always said I'd find a a husband that would cook and I will eat and <laughs> that, that was the way it was going to be um so yeah uni was it was a difficult time at the beginning to be honest um because when I first went into halls I wasn't really sure about how to say I had allergies um my mum made it very clear to the university I had allergies without me knowing um which wasn't the best of things when I arrived um, and I didn't want to be in catered halls I wanted to be in self-catered because I felt more comfortable that way um, however she thought it might be better to be in catered because uh, she thought oh well this will all be pre-prepared for you etc and I was like no 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 that's worse it's I don't feel as safe um, however when I did explain to some of my uh, halls uh, the some of the people that were living in halls that I did have an allergy uh they they weren't as respect receptive as I thought they were actually quite like oh she's allergic to everything and they didn't really take it seriously it was like if anyone came around and someone like offered to cook for the the house it would be oh no Jules is allergic to everything and I didn't really like that to be honest but when I did actually have an allergy that's when they took it more seriously because they understood actually this is real and this she's not just joking and she's not they would call me um sort of you know like the gluten-free people that jumped on the gluten-free trend not that not the people that are celiac because celiac is very serious and I, and I completely understand that but there are people that just choose to be gluten-free um and say it's an allergy and they sort of tarred me with the same brush as that. And I found that really difficult because I was like, no, 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 I have the EpiPens, et cetera. But it, it took for me to actually have an allergy for them to take it seriously. I don't understand. I, I, I felt that too completely. And I'm sure Grace has as well. There's a lot of like, you're allergic to everything. And it's like, ha 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 ha, funny, but no. And I think it is really hard. Like, what do you eat then? And it's like, I have a really good diet. Like, anyway, it gets really frustrating. But I always think like, why do we have to react in order for people to take us seriously? And I've always felt like, you know, certain people in my life, I was like, oh, if they could just see me have a reaction, they'd know to actually take it seriously. And I don't know why that happens. Like, why can't we just take someone's word for gospel? Like, why can't we just say, even if, like, to be fair, even if you are saying it's an allergy, right? And it's not, even if, just take them by their word. If they're saying that, there must be a reason because a lot of people don't take intolerances seriously either. So I think like, if they're saying that, just like sometimes just, just say it's, everything is hyper serious 
and then just as long as you think that it's serious in every case then nothing bad can happen to anyone so just take it seriously no matter what it is just get so upset because it's happened to me too and i'm sure to grace so like it's incredible that you like managed to come out of that experience in a positive way and still want to keep pushing that narrative and that positivity through your business and through your Instagram and through your advocacy. Like you're doing so much out there in the real world, world, you know, with, you know, all of your collaborations, like with the anaphylaxis campaign. And, you know, it's a really, you've taken something so hard and scary and you've brought it to like sharing that positive light. And that's so important to people who like us, who are younger, can see that. And so, yeah, that's just really important, but. They didn't have, you know, I mean, when I was growing up and I think when we were all growing up, I couldn't name you one allergy advocate or one, you know, prominent figure in the space. And it's just, I'm so happy for kind of kids now and even families and, you know, every, even us, you know, I'm so happy that, you know, we're, you know, social media is a lot of things, but does provide a, you know, good community and, um, platform for voices to be heard yeah, yeah exactly I, I completely echo what you, you've both said it's it's so different now growing up I think because there's so much more awareness and that's due to everyone talking about allergies and raising awareness and yet there still is that stigma and there still is that problem in in primary schools I I still don't understand why they have to sort of segregate the allergy like the, the person that has an allergy they, they do that still so much um but yeah it, it's a learning curve and I think we're taking a step in the right direction each day um it's not going to happen overnight and I think it just takes so many of us to speak up and if we can all do it together that that's that's what's going to make the changes I completely agree and I think also highlighting the people who do include you highlighting the people who do make an effort to to want to bring you a part of the like be a part of the table their table to make it together a massive table for everybody to enjoy and that's what you're doing with your business as well you're making snacks for everybody to enjoy let's move on to dish number three and see who are the people that you know do include you and have included you for a lot of your life so yeah, dish number three is something called vermicelli. Um, my nan used to make it for me and it's like a sweet treat, like a dessert. It uses things like condensed milk, but she didn't use milk. I don't know what she used. See, these are all the recipes. Like, I have absolutely no clue. And I just sit there and eat them because I know it's completely safe because <laughs> uh, my nan or my mum has made them. Um, yeah, in terms of the vermicidi in general it's a really sticky like noodle with raisins or sultanas in i don't know if you've had it linda have you have you had it before uh, it's it's something yeah i thought maybe from the culture side of things you might have had it but yeah um what was the second question you asked me just like the fact is like obviously you said that your nan used to make it for you growing up so that was something that you could eat and you felt included your family could eat it as well and that's like such a 
a lovely thing when we have people in our lives that we can share the same meal and like feel connected with the with people I didn't really understand how social food can be until I got older so it's like it's really nice that you have people in your life that have always been trying to include you no matter what definitely and I think that was the whole point so even though my brother doesn't have allergies um he would have the same food and mum made a point of that because it was about bringing us all together at the same table and we would all enjoy the same things yes okay he couldn't have his what whatever maybe he wanted peanut butter or whatever it might be he wouldn't have that um because my sister and and me were allergic but he didn't mind he didn't feel like he was missing out not that I know of anyway um he actually used to always ask for more of our 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 food anyway um yeah I, I think there's lots of people along the way that have been advocates for people with allergies and and for me and fought my corner not just my family but some of my friends as well um and also some of the people I've met along the way in business. So there's an amazing, she, she's, I'm proud to call her my friend, uh, Zahara. She, uh, she runs something called School Should Be. Um, and it's all about talking about the things that school should actually teach us and actually uh, encourage children to talk about. And she says allergies is one of the things as well. Um, and she's always been that advocate for me of, oh, Julianne needs to be encompassed when we go out for dinner so it's not oh we were going to go here and Julianne just has to eat salad or chips or whatever Julianne can eat it's more oh what does Julianne want to eat we can actually all eat at this restaurant instead and I think that's the difference and I think more and more restaurants need to cater for people with allergies at the moment since the pandemic has um, happened and things have started to open up slowly. I found numerous restaurants that used to be safe for me that are now slapping, oh, may contain on everything or ask us for our allergy policy. You ask them for the allergy policy and then they say, unfortunately, uh, we cannot guarantee that the, that any of these products are safe, which makes no sense. What is the point of even asking for the policy? Uh, the, these are things that need to change. And I don't think it's too much to ask for chefs and restaurants to cater for, for allergy, um, for people with allergies. Yeah, I feel like you're so right. The narrative for so long has sort of been like, if you have an allergy, you're a burden to the restaurant and you're sort of a burden to those I mean, that's sort of the narrative I sort of think we all grew up with is that you have this allergy, whether or not be in your family and around the advocates and stuff, anytime you go out or sort of, you know, among other families, you know, you're someone that has to be catered for specially, where really, like Lindy was saying earlier, you know, we all have, you know, different dietary restrictions, you know, people who are gluten free get catered for fine. But when you have an allergy, it's sort of like, oh, you can't eat here. Um, And so yeah, I think it's just the narrative around allergies when we're out and, you know, in the cross-contamination just needs to change, needs to change. It's, it's the fear though. And it's exactly how I think of when it happened with the allergy table. Like no one is trying to exclude you. They're not trying to, you know, want to make you afraid of food as well. They're just afraid that they're going to have something to do with 
your death. Like they're just afraid. And it happens because now we see there's nothing in the media and all through my life, my life, there's nothing in the media that portrays the positive life that we have. Every time that I see a media, like a news thing, it's all about somebody who's died or somebody's had a near reaction. Where's the headline that says, people go out to eat and they survive, <laughs> you know? Like, where's that headline that says, look at all these people online who are advocating a positive, happy life with multiple food allergies. Where is that? Because I think when, you know, restaurants can see that and see actually like there are some restaurants that can cater to us and we don't die, maybe we can do it too. But if it always is that this restaurant has killed this person or this restaurant has is now going into a lawsuit, which is completely justified, but like, you know, going into a lawsuit, they're terrified to cater to us because they're scared they're gonna go into a lawsuit as well. And so it's like, we have to balance the narrative of it's not actually so scary. Like you starting Creative Nature, I don't think we've mentioned the brand that we keep saying, but um, starting Creative Nature, you have, you know, pushed people to make better decisions you know like you've realized that you've seen like the free from world and you've taken it a step further and now other people are doing it too they're following suit and there has to be somebody has to take the reins to you know to be at that top level so that other people can do it too there needs to be steps and nobody is doing that in the restaurant business and we need to have people who are taking the steps further to make a better restaurant experience for us definitely and i think they they don't think the market's big enough that's the other problem they go oh well it's only going to cut a tiny percentage out of my customer base but actually it's going to cut a lot more because people like us have friends when we want to go out we want to go out with our friends to eat so all usually the person who has the allergies tends to choose the place where you're going to go so we're going to actually bring customers to them. And I think that's where we have to change the narrative on, on that sense. Like we're going to bring people to you. You can, We can survive by eating at your restaurant. Like you said, it's, it's always the bad news, but it's about pushing restaurants to do better the same way it is about pushing manufacturers to do better. I had a constant battle with these are the procedures I want in place not just BRC AA standard, I want more than that. I want clean downs. I want um, tests on every single piece of machinery that that tests the top 14 allergens. And I want an immediate test result. And if the, any allergens come up, I want it recleaned and tested again. That That's how you guarantee that safety promise. But people don't see that behind the scenes. So consumers probably don't see what, a brand like Creative Nature goes through to get to that point um, instead of just sticking a may contain on it or sticking a, I don't know, a disclaimer that everyone else seems to do. Yeah, totally. And I think that's a perfect transition to your fourth dish, a very popular um, Creative Nature um, staple. Yes. Yeah. Now this is, it's when people ask me to choose my favorite product, it's so hard to do because they're like your babies and you'd never choose your favorite child, obviously. So 
but for me this is the one I literally can't stop eating all the time so banana bread for me it's always been something I've I've loved um and it's super easy to make you even have one with you (laughs) Um, so so yeah um this recipe in particular I can't take complete credit for because Matt actually spent a lot of time on this recipe and he's absolutely amazing at doing it however there was one recipe he made before this one that's in this pack and it was phenomenal and he's gonna he's probably gonna listen to this and kick himself because he never wrote down that recipe it was the one that he never wrote and we could never get it back to exactly what it what that recipe was um Maybe we just had a day where we were super hungry and that recipe tasted really good. I don't know. But yeah, this is the one we all decided on. And banana bread for me is it's a it's a product that's about sharing as well. You can cut it off. You can have a slice with your friend, your family, your brother, your sister, your, your anyone. And who doesn't like banana bread? I mean, it's so good. It's squishy. It's it, I, I don't know. You can you can add things to it um and yeah I I just love it and I love the the way we came up with the banana bread was so important and then obviously the pandemics made it amazing because everyone decided to bake banana bread even little mix baked our banana bread so that was pretty cool that's so cool yeah that's really awesome I think yeah the pandemic and just I don't know what happened in the pandemic that just it's like everyone just chose banana bread to be I don't know, the poster child of sort of at home baking and family time. And yeah, you're right. You can share it and have it with anyone. And that's really, really nice. It's the same as sort of your, I'm going to not pronounce this correctly, but the vermicelli, vermicelli, is that right? Oh, vermicelli. Vermicelli, you know, having these desserts that maybe people with food allergies can't usually like take part in and you just, you know, I was at my boyfriend's parents and I would have never shared banana bread with them if it hadn't been for creative nature's banana bread mix and now they love it and that's what they request none of them have any allergies and now anytime we have any sort of event they always ask can we make the banana bread mix so that's awesome that's what that's what I want to do I want to make it tasty enough so that you won't know you just you just won't know it's allergy free and that, that, that that's the point yeah, they make it without me now. <laughs> no allergies. I was allergic to ana- um I was anaphylactic to bananas like until 2019 and then I had a the first thing that I wanted to try when I was able to eat bananas was banana bread and this like creative nature's banana bread is my favorite one. Like I've made a few and it's just so easy and I actually sometimes don't make the bread. I put it into like yogurt or I put it into um, like the butter. I just leave it as the butter and I have it as like a cookie dough. And it's oh just so God. simple. It's so easy. You made and pancakes like, as well, I think. Once. Yeah, yeah, I made cookies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it's just so versatile. And the thing is with mixes, like I never really liked mixes because I was like, oh, I want to do like my own, you know, I want to be a proper baker. But like your ingredients are so natural and healthy and you know less sugar it's just the best for everyone involved like what is the joy behind creative nature from like the start till now like what what do you love about your company 
That's a hard one, really, because I love so many aspects of it. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. There have been days where I've wanted to give up. There are like they, they, everyone has those days. But I think what I love is the progress and seeing the real change. Um, getting a le- like so getting letters in from kids writing into the office still till today saying thank you so much I've been, been able to have cake for my birthday like that, those things you just can't they're priceless you you're just like wow actually I did change your life like I really helped you and similar with mums for for me along the creative nature journey I I never wanted to um talk about my allergies even even at the beginning I didn't want to put my face to the company I was constantly like no 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 I'll be in the background I'll do all the finances I'm good at that let's just have it that way however the more I started to talk about my own journey the more people started to relate and then it suddenly became a thing and that oh this is the story and this is the authentic story behind the brand and I remember my board was like no, you have to start actually talking about your allergies properly and you need to align yourself with the business. And it was a big, no, 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 I don't want my face on pack. I'm never doing this, <laughs> etc. But we came to a compromise of I was going to have like my signature on the back of pack to give that stamp of if, I, if I'm going to eat it, it's safe in a way, giving that trust element. Um, and for me, I guess that was is something I absolutely love now because mums like parents for example they come to me and go oh my gosh you've actually like you've actually created a brand you've actually achieved so much how did you do that with your allergies and that's what I want to change about them I want to I want them to I want to give them hope and I love that they come to me and see this amazing thing that their child can do but I want to be able to go, actually, you don't need to think like that. Just because your child has allergies doesn't mean it's going to limit them. It just means they're going to have to take more precautions and they're going to have more preparation. That's all. Um, you can still skydive. You can still swim with sharks. You can still travel. You can still eat at restaurants. You can still go on a roller coaster. All of these things you can still do. Um, and yeah, so, so for me, those are the things I absolutely love. And then Finally, I'd say my team. My team is amazing. Um, my other half's amazing. And seeing them grow as well. So there's one member of my stuff, I call her my little pocket rocket. And she is, her name's Ellie. And she, she's, she came on board straight out of um, school, straight after A-levels. And literally this year, sorry, last year, she did a whole billboard campaign across London with with our products they were on 100 foot billboards and giving her that opportunity I knew she could do it and I knew she'd design it well and it was phenomenal to see her progress and that's what I'm about I'm about seeing that that next step and how how we can all help each other how we can grow together and of course creative nature grows at the same time um but yeah and then it's my giving back on the side as well yeah I mean just hearing all of that, I'm like, you are busy. Like you are busy. You're doing so much personally. Like all of those things that she has just said, guys, like swimming for sharks, skydiving, that's actually what she has done. Like it's not just like she's feeling up. She has done all of those things. And with this business and everything, like you are so busy. So it's rare, it's I doubt you make time for every single meal 
every single day, like at home cooking, you know, I read, it's like for me, I'm busy and I have so many snacks and things like that. So what do you eat? Like, what's your dish number five, but like, what do you eat normally? <laughs> normally, well, apart from creativeness, I have lots of different things. So I love plantain, I love roti, I love cassava chips. I'm a, I'm quite a savoury person, actually. I think, I think I'm more savoury because creative nature has so many sweet things. So... <laughs> um, probably that's what why I'm more that way um I love things that are very simple um a lot of people say that that's very bland but I don't find it bland I don't I don't find that clean ingredients have to be bland I find that you can add things to it very easily there are lots of things in the shops at the moment I don't know if you've seen but the sweet chili rice crackers I'm obsessed with them at the moment. I just can't stop eating them. Yeah, that that that's a go-to for me. Um, and yeah, you're right, Linda. I I don't really stop during the day, and sometimes it can get to four p.m. and I haven't eaten at all, and it's really bad. And that is something that I'm trying to change at the moment because uh, recently, uh, I mean, we completely open on the podcast. I've been to the doctors, and I'm deficient in a lot of different things. Um. Now, I don't want to take specific supplements in particular. I would rather, if I can, substitute with diet. Um, and that means just prepping more. And that means having snacks. Uh, I see Linda, we prep loads and I get super, super jealous that I'm not prepping. <laughs> but yeah, th these are the things that I think everyone needs to do. And we, we all have the same 24 hours in the day, but it's how we use them. Um, and I don't, all, I, I put other things above specifically having prepped meals. And that's something I'm trying to, trying to change at the moment. So what is dish number five then? Plantain and roti. Those are my sort of go-to things. Yeah. And then of course, <laughs> normals and creative nature snacks. <laughs> all the snacks <laughs> can bring a little like snack pack onto the island if you want have yeah a, I think I think I should have a snack pack with lots of different things in because I like variety so. yeah I'm the same I like variety I would have a hard time choosing just one um it's interesting that you talk about this sort of like you know being deficient and stuff you know with allergies because it's hard honestly with all our food allergies to sort of you know, substitute and get all the nutrients that you need. And it just takes some like getting, getting to know, I guess, getting create more creative in the kitchen and figuring out, you know, where, where you can add in those sort of whole, um, you know, the whole supplement, I guess, rather than taking a pill. Right. Um, exactly. And, and it's about regularly eating as well. So not skipping breakfast and actually eating it. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many things out there now as well that you can, you can make or it's just about finding the time. Yeah. I also have to ask, is your wedding cake going to be creative nature? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Which one? Are you going to do like a multi-tier different, all the different ones together? You've got it in one pretty much. And it's not going to be all of them. Um, but banana bread's definitely making a feature. So is carrot cake. 
Um, and then I'm not sure about the others at the moment, but yeah, it's going to be tiered. And we've already discussed that with the, um, the, the venue and the caterers that they'll definitely do that. We'll have to post your birthday cake as well on our stories because that was a banana bread as well, Creative Nature, and that cake was incredible. And so, yeah, we're going to have to do that as well. It was so good. Honestly, (laughs) it was amazing. Um, Amazing. Well, I guess to the island, we are going to give you um, some other things to take with you to sort of pass the time um, and enjoy your food. So to start off, if you could only bring one ingredient to the island with you um, for your time there, what ingredient would that be? It'd have to be pasta. Mm -hmm. It'd have to be. It sounds simple, but it's just the best thing that can be added to everything even if it's plain (laughs) I don't mind I love that it's so funny when we do these when we do these podcasts you know I kind of expect people to repeat like similar ingredients but everyone's had such different ingredients and every time I'm like wow I would do that one too that's such a good point you know Um, what what, what have have been the strange ones that you've had because I haven't listened to all of them Something that's nothing been really strange nothing nothing's been that strange I don't think if anything I'm like oh every time someone says an ingredient I'm like oh that's such a good point like I would want that one yeah th- that's the other thing like I, I'm like oh chocolate yeah that's such a good one or yeah I have to have salt or yeah I have to <laughs> you know I have to have pasta like you said like I'm like oh I, I mean I don't even know what I would pick that's why I love hearing what everyone else picks I know, me too. And so we also um, give you a cookbook to take with you um, to the island. So which cookbook would you bring? So for cookbook, uh, I don't particularly use any cookbooks, but there is one that I've always sort of liked, uh, which is The Doctor's Kitchen. Um, I don't know if you know that one. Um, But yeah, I think it's a brilliant one. And you can substitute a lot of things in there as well. And it's not specifically geared for people with allergies. It's just a normal cookbook um, with lots of ideas. Yeah. And then what kitchen equipment would you bring? Am I allowed one thing or? One. One. (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) We're not making it easy. It's a desert island. (laughs) we're already generous giving you something <laughs> you do get solar panels oh to, i get solar panels okay to charge, to charge up or power what you need i guess i'm gonna have to have a saucepan to cook my pasta right I've, I've got no choice otherwise i'll end up with nothing to cook my pasta in and i'll have to build a bowl <laughs> i wonder i wonder i don't know if you've had this but when I was a kid I used to have I used to eat spaghetti raw did you ever eat that no I've never tried it raw I've tried eating one of the fusilli masters raw do you never do like um pasta necklaces I used to always make the pasta necklaces but I used to just like chew while mum was making spaghetti I just used to chew raw maybe that's just weird maybe that's just me I did it too yeah okay good (laughs) I did it too um okay amazing so the last last thing unfortunately to happen on the island is that there's a giant wave that comes up and takes away four dishes so if there is one dish that you could be stuck with which one would you have to keep well 
I've got to go with my banana bread. Can't let that go. That's the right answer. Good. <laughs> right. I might be a bit sad if my banana bread went. <laughs> and then it will comfort you because you lost everything else. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um, Julianne, this has such been such a lovely podcast, like just to talk to you about something, you know, just to talk to you about your life and your history and what you've been through around food and your journey with food like thank you so much for coming on and to share with us and the listeners and to be open and honest about your life yeah it's been it's been so incredible and just so I don't know it's just so inspiring like when we've talked before for you know a woman business owner especially in the allergy space it's just really amazing to see just the beginning of what this could be and so I've really enjoyed this conversation and lots to take away well thank you both so much and i hope everyone enjoys it yeah thank you guys for listening and we'll see you in the next episode see you in the next episode bye